Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Don Ma in for Stephania. Here are today's top stories. Another batch of Twitter files released today. They allegedly show how the government pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID and COVID vaccines. Republicans vowing to investigate the cooperation between Twitter and the federal government. Congressman Jim Jordan gives the FBI a deadline to turn over certain documents. China sends a record number of fighter jets toward Taiwan. What Beijing says about it and the White House response. China could be experiencing the largest COVID-19 outbreak in the world. Numbers were leaked from a meeting of the country's top health body. A dark Christmas for some in Washington state. Vandals attacked three power stations, leaving over 10,000 without electricity. Many have been waiting to see the latest batch of Twitter files that were released this morning. They show how the government allegedly pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19 and vaccines. NTD's Jason Perry has the story. Last year, the federal government spoke openly about its expectations for big tech and COVID-19 misinformation. Here's the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy. We're asking them to operate with greater transparency and accountability. We're asking them to monitor misinformation more closely. We're asking them to consistently take action against misinformation super spreaders on their platforms. But according to the Twitter files that were released on Monday, the White House was, quote, very angry after meeting with Twitter. And the Biden team didn't think Twitter was doing enough to deplatform several accounts. Many people see this as a violation of free speech, as the government allegedly pressured a private company to censor speech. On Monday, Harvard professor and epidemiologist Dr. Martin Kuldorf shared his thoughts about the Twitter files with Jan Jekelek of the Epic Times American Thought Leaders. In order to be to stay on the platform, this is an important source of communication. I had to self-censor myself, and other people will self-censor themselves. That's uh, devastating for for public health. We reached out to the White House and we'll include their comment when they respond. More information of how the government allegedly pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19 can be found at David Zweig's Twitter page. Jason Perry, NTD News. Republicans are laying the groundwork to probe the FBI for coordinating with Twitter. Here's NTD's Melina Weiskup with more. House Republicans are probing Twitter's coordination with the FBI. Representative Jim Jordan saying the committee will try to uncover the politics in the agency. Because yeah. remember, 2016, it was Trump-Russia. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, it was suppression of the Hunter Biden story. Recent releases from journalist Matt Taibbi suggest that the FBI assigned staffers to look for violations of Twitter's terms of service in order to suspend certain accounts. Former FBI official and then Twitter lawyer James Baker wrote in a November 2020 message that it is, quote, odd that the FBI is searching for violations of our policies. The FBI responding to these allegations say conspiracy theorists are trying to damage the Bureau's work. And Representative Jim Jordan, who's soon to be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, has already laid that groundwork for that investigation into the Twitter files. He's given the FBI less than a month to provide the committee with relevant materials. This includes um, any conversations that FBI employees or contractors may have had with Twitter around uh, content moderation. He's also asking for the names of, the, of employees from other government agencies like the DOJ, DHS, and the White 
White House who may have had similar conversations with Twitter about content. Uh, Jordan is also asking for any materials regarding money transfers between the FBI and Twitter or other social media platforms from 2016 until present. So these just give some hints into the direction that the House Judiciary Committee will take once they launch this investigation after the new year. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. And China is launching its latest round of military threats against Taiwan. That's in response to a defense bill that President Biden passed last week. NTD's Iris Tao has more. Kicking off military drills, sending a record number of fighter jets, firing off a diplomatic statement, China is blasting the U.S. over its latest show of support for Taiwan. This comes after President Biden last week signed an over $800 billion defense bill. The bill would authorize up to $10 billion in military aid to Taiwan with the aim of helping it deter aggression by Beijing. While Taiwan praises the passage of the bill, the Chinese Communist Party is firing back with threats. According to Taiwan's defense ministry, within just the last day, China sent 71 warplanes toward the island, mounting to the largest reported incursion to date. China then called the drill a response to collusion and provocations by Taiwan and the U.S. The White House, meanwhile, is condemning China. According to the Associated Press, a spokesperson for the National Security Council says China's latest activity is destabilizing, risks miscalculations, and undermines regional peace and stability. The official, who commented anonymously, added that the U.S. will continue to assist Taiwan in maintaining its efficient self-defense capability in line with the U.S.'s longstanding commitments. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tao, NTD News. China might be going through the largest outbreak of COVID-19 ever. An estimated 37 million people are contracting the virus every day. That's according to leaked records from the country's top health body. Multiple news sources have confirmed the leak. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg reports. It's hard to know China's actual numbers when it comes to COVID, as the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, has hardly been forthcoming since the pandemic started. But according to leaked minutes from an internal meeting of China's National Health Commission last week, officials say about 250 million people were infected with the disease in the first 20 days of December. That's about 18% of China's population. The figure is exponentially higher than the regime's official virus tally. If accurate, it would put China's outbreak as the largest in the world. Bloomberg and other media outlets confirmed the notes with anonymous officials involved in the discussions. A screenshot of the conference notes circulating online shows the virus apparently spinning out of control, especially in Beijing and southwestern China's Sichuan province. It appears to have hit over half of the residents in those areas. After nearly three years of strict zero-COVID policy, the Chinese people have been left with little natural immunity against the CCP virus. The minutes cited 12 major Omicron subvariants found in China. The three listed most prevalent are BA 5.2, BF 7, and BM 7. How the agency arrived at these figures remains unclear, as the country abandoned mandatory mass virus testing earlier this month. But the numbers do appear consistent with anecdotal evidence of a spike in infections and deaths nationwide, including among the CCP's elite circle. The numbers also align with analysis by UK researchers projecting up to 279 million cases nationwide, with up to 2.1 million deaths. The virus surge has overloaded morgues and hospitals across China. 
Experts predict the peak in the whole country will come in January, when tens of millions of people travel across China to celebrate the Lunar New Year with family. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. And in Washington state, there was no electricity on Christmas Day for about 14,000 people. Vandals allegedly attacked three power stations early Sunday, leaving many temporarily in the dark. No suspects are in custody and officials don't know it was a coordinated attack. In all three cases, the sheriff's office says someone forced their way into the fenced area to damage the equipment. In January, the Department of Homeland Security said that domestic extremists have been developing credible, specific plans to attack electricity infrastructure since at least 2020. A severe blizzard over the weekend. One of the hardest hit places was Buffalo, New York, leaving thousands stuck at home without power, hundreds more trapped in their vehicles. Officials say there have been at least 27 storm-related deaths in the area so far. As more information comes in, that total is expected to go up. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on what happened. The severe blizzard in Buffalo over the weekend left many spinning their wheels. The freezing wind and snow prompted a driving ban on all cars other than emergency crews. The icy road conditions left even some rescuers needing rescue. The Buffalo Police Department asked anyone with a snowmobile to help with search and recovery efforts. Officials say around 16% of Buffalo residents had no electricity on Sunday. Whiteout conditions persisted with two to three inches of snowfall an hour south of the city. The death toll is expected to rise as more bodies are identified and confirmed. Emergency crews could not reach some people in time to treat their medical conditions. Others were found dead in their cars or frozen in snowbanks. New York Governor Kathy Hochul said almost every fire truck in the city was stranded Saturday and that tow trucks, utility vehicles, and even snow plows were getting stuck. You need to stay off the roads. We've been begging, we've been asking, and the vast majority of you have, and I'm so grateful for that. But those of you who violate the driving bans, you may think you can go to the store for that six-pack, but you are endangering other people, and it's frustrating. Hochul says the Biden administration agreed to her request for a federal disaster declaration on Sunday and that around 200 National Guard troops were mobilized in western New York to help first responders bring supplies to shelters and conduct wellness checks. The National Weather Service says some 240 million people in the U.S., more than two-thirds of the population, were under winter weather warnings and advisories on Friday. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A 37-year-old producer for ABC News died suddenly of a heart attack on Friday. The outlet made an announcement on his death on Saturday. The executive producer of This Week on ABC News, Dex Tahira, left behind a wife and two children. An ABC correspondent said Tahira's passing left the outlet shocked and hurt. On Christmas Eve, ABC's president reportedly sent a memo to staff mourning the death and saying more information will be released soon. Disruptions to Christmas travel continued into today. Over 3,700 flights were canceled, 500 more than yesterday. Much of the U.S. still reels from the impact of the powerful winter storm. Flight-aware data shows that there were also about 6,500 flights delayed in the U.S. today. Yesterday, delays totaled over 7,800. Storm Elliott was termed a once-in-a-generation storm by some forecasters. At least 38 people have died and hundreds of thousands were left without power this Christmas. The storm swept through much of the United States and parts of Canada. It brought freezing temperatures, flash floods and blizzards. 
Ahead of the holiday weekend, around 73% of the U.S. population was under some kind of winter weather advisory or warning. Some regions have now lifted their winter storm warnings. But much of the eastern part of the country is expected to remain in a deep freeze into tomorrow. Santa Claus came in hot for Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota. She was gifted a flamethrower, and she wasted no time using it. This video of the governor using a flamethrower to set cardboard boxes on fire is circulating online. The Republican was fittingly dressed in a camouflage jacket and matching pants. A picture shows her posing next to her husband with a flamethrower in her hands as cardboard burns in the background. Her staff reportedly bought her the gift after she mentioned two years ago that she would like to have one for Christmas. And we're going to take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at eveningnews at ntd.com. Still to come, Shen Yun has started its 2023 season in Atlanta, performing for a full house over the holiday weekend. Now the troupe is set to visit more than 20 countries around the world. And in the NFL, still two weeks to go in the regular season, another head coach has been fired, this time a rookie. NTD's Dave Martin has the details. That and more when we return on NTD News. Enjoying a beautiful performance together with family. It's a wonderful way to celebrate the Christmas season. That's what audiences are saying in Atlanta, where Shenyun Performing Arts is back for its 2023 season. It's just been such a great um, addition to the Christmas season for us and a great uh, way to spend the afternoon with my family. Shenyun's 2023 season kicked off in Atlanta at the Atlanta Symphony Hall on December 24th with a whole new performance. I can't think of uh, any better place to be than right here. This is something I'd, I feel like I would do every single year. From dance to music, Shenyun aims to bring back the lost Chinese culture through art. Now I came here expecting to see beautiful dances and beautiful costumes and scenery, and it's so much more. I, I wasn't expecting to hear the history. I have a new appreciation for the Chinese culture that I didn't know about before this. It was a fabulous performance and a lot of variety. So not just dance, but song, and also uh, the instruments were fantastic. The orchestra is what stood out most to me because it wasn't like people um, dancing and moving to a track. It was real performing. Audience members say this is the best way to celebrate Christmas with family. It, I want to say it's like the, um, like for years and years and years, people go to see the Nutcracker Ballet at the holidays. I want to see Shenyun every holiday because it's that uplifting and it's victorious and it's live and it's real and it's colorful. Some felt enlightened after the show. Very, very inspired following this. So hopefully uh, everyone else that's here, there are hundreds of people here tonight, and hopefully through this whole show, will, everyone will walk away more inspired. Absolutely gorgeous. The way that the, the backdrops um, interact with the performers and uh, just the whole technology with the art is fascinating. Actress and owner of Marietta Theatre Company, Gina Ann Riggs, saw Shenyun with her family for the first time. Her son, Chandler Riggs, who is also a well-known actor, said Shenyun has some of the most talented performers he has ever seen. 
I can't imagine all of the hours that went in to getting ready for these types of performances and um, great job. Bravo. Because of high demand, organizers added an extra performance in Atlanta where Shen Yun will continue to perform until January 8th. Be it proclaimed that we, the members of the Atlanta City Council, on behalf of the citizens of Atlanta, do hereby recognize the global sensation of Shen Yun for its divine experience and its contributions to the city's art and music community. Atlanta City Councilman Alex Wen came to the theater to present a proclamation to celebrate Shen Yun's return to Atlanta. Um, I'm pleased to represent the city today uh, in both recognizing the performance and the, the tour, but also the organizers and the presenters. I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge the importance of the um, art as well as the uh, significance of uh, the teachings. Shen Yun will be performing in more than 180 cities in over 20 countries on five continents over the next six months. The show will cover 42 states in the U.S. alone. I think that they all need to come and see it. <laughs> Seems like inflation didn't slow down holiday season shopping too much this year, as retail store and online sales were up from last year. Entity's Sean Marshall caught up with some holiday shoppers to check on their buying habits. U.S. retail sales rose 7.6% between November 1st and December 24th, which encompasses a majority of the holiday season as steep discounts lure deal-hungry consumers. That's according to a MasterCard report released Monday. But people out shopping at Hudson Yards Mall in Manhattan noticed the increase in prices this year compared to last. I could see it most for the, for the car, you know, um, for the gas. That's the most expensive thing for me. Also shopping and um, going to eat something with the friends, everything's a lot more expensive now. It's hard, hard times, man. Well, I wasn't here last year, but I've noticed higher prices. Ron preferred an experience for his family over stuff. Well, most of the time, this trip to New York was my biggest gift to my family. Will bought most of his holiday gifts for others online. Uh, yes, I did do a little bit of Christmas shopping online for the most part. While online sales grew 10.6% compared to the same period last year, electronics and jewelry sales were both down this year, about 5%. Will didn't buy anyone else electronics this year, but he did get something for himself. Um, I did buy a PS5 online, yes. Black Friday sustains its title as the top spending day of the 2022 holiday season, up 12% year over year, excluding automotive. Will didn't notice any price changes because he didn't do very much shopping at retail stores for gifts. Um, I did most of my shopping Black Friday, so most of the prices were discounted then, so I can't say I really noticed a price change, but yeah, I would say it was about the same as last year. Meanwhile, during the period spanning Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday, total retail sales had jumped about 11%. That's according to a MasterCard report from late November. In-person dining continued to show strong momentum with restaurants revenue up 15.1% year over year. From gatherings with co-workers to dinners out with friends and family, the festive season brought consumers out for the holidays. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And now over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Don. The New York Mets fresh off signing coveted free agent Carlos Correa are now having discussions with his agent over his physical, specifically his ankle, according to the Associated Press. Now, Korea originally agreed to a mammoth 13-year, $350 million deal with San Francisco, 
But last Tuesday, the day he was supposed to be introduced at a press conference, the deal fell apart over concerns about his physical. The Mets and aggressive billionaire owner Steve Cohen then stepped in and within hours agreed to a 12-year, $315 million contract pending a physical. The issue reportedly stems from an ankle injury and surgery back in 2014 when Korea was a minor leaguer for the Houston Astros. The following season, he won Rookie of the Year as a 20-year-old and has since made two All-Star teams, won a gold glove, and helped lead Houston to a World Series title. And in the NFL, the Denver Broncos have fired rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett after a disappointing 4-11 start. Hackett, who was previously the offensive coordinator for Green Bay, was hired in January, two months before the team's blockbuster trade for star quarterback Russell Wilson. While bringing in an offensive-minded head coach and a perennial Pro Bowl QB to go along with a strong defense seemed like a great formula, the offense never materialized. Wilson is having his worst season ever, while the team is last in the NFL in scoring. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, the NBA has seven games planned, including a game with the red-hot Brooklyn Nets, winners of eight straight games, taking on the Cleveland Cavs. And finally, for you NFL fans, the LA Chargers play at the Indianapolis Colts tonight on Monday Night Football. And that's it for the sports news. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Dave. An Israeli-made electric aircraft designed to fly commuters on short trips has made its maiden voyage. The developer says the debut will help the aerial EV reach the market in the next two years. Entity's Andrew Thomas reports. The test flight may not look out of the ordinary at first, but Israeli startup Air is developing an aircraft that will be able to carry an operator and one passenger. This is a major milestone. We're going to open the envelope. We have transitioned today to forward flight. And this is coming close to bringing our dream come true uh, into mass production of, of the Air One. According to the company, the aircraft will have a range of 100 miles on a single charge. Air and many competitors around the world are betting on this aerial mode of transportation. The vast majority of the market is going to the commercial side, e-taxis and uh, electric taxis and, uh, and, and buses, let's say, uh, and these are commercial. Air, based on our technology, is the private car of the category, which is bringing basically high availability of air traffic to most people. There are still many obstacles before people can expect to fly themselves across cities. Some challenges include creating regulations and commercializing the technology. But Plout says that the vehicle already meets most regulations. He also adds that it will be easy and safe to operate. The CEO says that AIR's next test phase will take place with someone on board. He hopes electric aircraft will hit the market at the end of 2024 at a base price of $150,000. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Just before Christmas, Emirates Airlines turned one of its planes into Santa's sleigh in a festive clip, adding to the holiday fun. In a special animated video, reindeer are seen pulling an A380 onto the runway of Dubai International Airport before taking off over the skyline. A fitting caption reads, quote, Captain Claus requesting permission for takeoff. Merry Christmas from Emirates. The clip went viral on social media and has garnered over a million likes. Comments were flooded with tons of holiday cheer. This year, Emirates collaborated with digital artist Mustafa El Diasti to create the video. 
The artist produced a number of creative videos over the past few years, displaying Dubai's iconic attractions in refreshing ways. And that's all for today's news. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Don Ma. Good night.